The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With a question to ask you, are you afraid of change? It's actually a rhetorical question because to some degree we are all afraid of change, even when the change uh, purports to be good. Today's guest, Kathy Lynn Honecker, is the author of Voices of Change, Two-Minute Inspirational Stories on Life's Lessons Learned. And her um, hypothesis, and I agree, is that what's making America so volatile today, or at least contributing to the volatility of America, is that um, there are so many changes being thrust upon us. Unemployment, foreclosures, health care, immigration questions at the Miss USA pageant that I have something to say about, a pet peeve, um, and so on. And she relates these, um, the volatility, the anger, and the frustration to our fear of change. So let's uh, delve into this. And welcome to the show, Kathy Lynn. Thank you very much, Dr. Carroll. I'm delighted to be here. Now, before we um, get into the substance of your book and your theories and the people's stories, um, I want to hear about, and I do this to pretty much everybody, put them on my couch, what was it about your life, I guess what changes did you uh, undergo that caused you to pick this as a topic to write a book on? Uh, it seems like since I've been one year old, I've been going through change, and I guess like all of us, we, we are constantly going through change, but in uh, a short seven-year span, I lost my mother, father, my beloved 18-year-old dog. I got divorced, moved, changed careers, and experienced Hurricane Katrina. So I decided it was time to do what I'd always wanted to do, and that is write a book about change. Wow. And how, Well, I guess... Um, so. So this was what, in a period of, uh, what years were these, these seven um, years? I actually finished the book No, I mean the, the, the years that you did, the, that you said in seven years all these changes happened to you. Oh, since about 2002. It started in 2002. Uh-huh, wow. <laughs> and, of course, in 2001 we had 9-11 and everybody uh, went through change. <laughs> absolutely, the entire United States. And then 2005, which we're at the five-year anniversary of yes. Katrina, and here we are with an oil spill now in our Gulf. Yes. <laughs> it was getting dull, right? So the universe That's right. We needed a new change. challenge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it's amazing. Um, you know, the Holmes and Ray scale of uh that measures change the psychological test that you know 
where you get points for um, <laughs> go not necessarily good points for going through change. You're like off the scale. I mean, you know that's this. Let me just step back. That's the there's a scale devised um, to measure stressors and things like what Kathy Lynn has been talking about: deaths of loved ones and divorce and deaths of pets and uh, natural disasters. All of these things are on the scale, and the more points you get, the more stressors in your life, um, <laughs> the more difficult that is, the more vulnerable you become to all kinds of things, and you've survived yourself, so I guess you're the number one survival story. Tell us how you did it. I think anytime we're going through any type of change, whether it is, say, the death of a loved one, you know, I experienced three of those in a short time, and I think it's to reach out to people that we're comfortable with or to experts uh, friends, family, talk, get it out. And that's exactly what I did with each of my losses. You know, I surrounded myself. I was blessed to have good friends, um, uh, ladies that I could spend an hour uh, talking with, and they were great listeners. And that helped me move through the changes, whether it was talking about my divorce, the loss of my mother, uh, any of the changes I was going through. Also, I'm... Um, a spiritual person, and I really uh, spent time trying to be positive every morning, reading something inspirational that mm. would start my day off right. Mm. That's, now, that's a, a very easy thing for, uh, for people to do, you know, a, a very simple kind of um, ritual to, to make a habit. And that's the key um, with change, with, you know, we choose every day what our day is going to be like when we get out of bed. And by starting with something positive like that, and they say it takes three weeks, I believe it is, to make a habit, you can plan to be happy. You can mm-hmm. plan to have a great day by how you start your day and what your outlook is when you get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell us about... Um, uh, the how you went about you know getting these inspirational stories that you uh, gathered for your book. You, you interviewed four hundred people, right? Yes, over a five year period because I, I knew I wanted to write about change, and I would uh, if I was riding on an airplane and met an interesting person, I would tell them what I was doing, and I would interview them and uh, make the airplane ride uh, a lot more fun. Mm. Um, so I did that. Uh, I told everybody I met what I was doing. They would call me, introduce me to people. So it, it's almost like the right people showed up at the right time, and I was introduced to the right people. Of course, we edited the book down, and um, so not all the stories made the book, but uh, uh, some of the most inspirational ones sure did. Well, that's fabulous. Okay, so give us, give us some examples. B.B. St. Roman is one that comes to mind immediately. I think hers is the second story in the book. And B.B. went through some dramatic changes in her life. And and when I interviewed her, she told me that everything she had been through prepared her for what she does today. She went to the Himalayas and studied with the shamans. She uh, was a videographer uh, out of New York City, and she spent time with the Dalai Lama, she traveled with Mother Teresa. 
So an interesting, rich life learning from all these people that we hear about daily. And she returned on one trip to New York after she had been in the Himalayas for about three months to be greeted by one of her childhood friends who told her that she had a plane ticket for her back to Kentucky where she grew up, and her parents had been murdered. Oh, my God. So she said what she had learned in the Himalayas with the shamans prepared her for this. And then she realized that getting to spend time with Mother Teresa, uh, the Dalai Lama, going through what she did with the tragic loss of her parents and dealing with that, it was all preparing her for what she does today. And she lives in New Orleans now, and she works with the homeless for Mm. the New Orleans Police Department. So everything is about preparing us in BB's story and her learnings for her ultimate, what she was put here to do, and that's working with the homeless every day. So interesting, interesting story, and her learnings are just um, very inspirational. Now, yeah, that's that's an amazing and powerful story. Um, I'm I'm curious, and I'm sure my listeners are too. What did you pick? Because you, you know, I'm an author of numerous books, uh, several books, and um, you know, it's, you, it's, you have to pick very carefully what, where you put each story. Um, what story did you put, pick first? How did you choose the story that you put first? It was interesting how um, I laid out the chapters, uh, you know, the names of each chapter. And then I would take the stories, and it's almost like something inside me took over, and I just knew where to put each one. Mm-hmm. For example, one chapter is understand what life is about and how we fit in. Well, B.B. was meant for that section yes. and her learnings. Uh, be true to yourself no matter what. Um, you know, don't take life for granted. There's something in the world greater than you. Um, so it, it's just like it. it I just took a process one day with all the stories lined up, <laughs> put them yes. on a big uh, a line, and just started placing them. Then, of course, it had to go through my editor, and uh, she made just a couple of suggested changes, but um, 90% of them stayed right where I put them at first. Yes, yes. So what was the first one? <laughs> the very first story is a story about uh, Katrina, uh-huh. and it's a lady that works with... Um, uh, an organization that's like the Red Cross, and her husband is a police officer. Uh, and it's their experience of she left with the family. He stayed behind, of course, to help in the city. And they had no communications for like five weeks. She didn't even know if he was alive. And so it's, it's about what they, they lost everything. Her family's lost everything, house, all material possessions. And it's about what's really important in life hmm. and how everything fits together. Now, you live in New Orleans um, and currently, right? Yes. And, um, and how long have you been living there? I have lived here permanently for eight years, and I've lived all over the country from Chicago to Indianapolis to Dallas, Houston, uh, Detroit. So I, I've moved a lot, probably 15 times, and just been blessed to meet wonderful people all around the country. Talk about change. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's part of my change. But I chose to live in New Orleans because it's such a unique city that uh, it, it was just meant for me. 
It, yes. It's a wonderful, wonderful city full of culture, and uh, it, it's unique. It's a, yes. it's a unique place in in the United States. Yes, I've been there, um, and uh, one of the highlights was the um, the what do they call it? The haunted house tour or something? The ghosts of New Orleans. Oh, Ghost of New Orleans, yeah. <laughs> You've been on that, I'm sure. Yes, I have, actually. There, We have some great tours. Yes. So um, so you were there during Hurricane Katrina. Yes, I was here uh, until two days before the hurricane hit, and I evacuated that Saturday. It was actually Sunday morning, and the hurricane hit Monday morning. Yes, you were one of the smart people who evacuated. I mean, that was yes. one of the things that, you know, I know it was really hard, obviously, for poor people to get the means to get out, but it it was always sort of a mind-boggling, always mind-boggling to me, um, how when there was so much, well, so much, when there was some warning, why more people, the people who did have the means or could scramble together some plan, um, didn't get out. What, what do you think about that? Well, I, I truly understand it because having experienced it, you know, some people, uh, we had had alarms two or three years before and everybody had left town and nothing had happened. Mm. So you, you have that effect going. But actually, this storm was predicted to go to Florida, and, and people sometimes totally forget that. I remember being at a dinner on Friday night and not having any clue that the storm had turned and was heading to New Orleans until I got home at like 11 o'clock at night and had a recording on my phone from a friend saying, you know, um, I'm getting my boat out tomorrow and leaving town. And I thought, hmm. what the heck's going on? Hmm. So uh, that's when we knew, really, most people found out Saturday morning and the storm hit on Monday. So it was a very short window of time. Well, you know, I think that uh, that goes to what we're going to be talking about after this break, um, the idea of change. I think that people were also resistant to change, resistant to packing up and leaving, because that did mean a change and uncertainty in terms of what was going to be happening while they were gone. Absolutely. Okay, we need to take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Kathy Lynn Honecker. Her book is Voices of Change two-minute inspirational stories on life's lessons learned. And we'll be back in two minutes. Stay tuned. The experts call toll free right now one eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven and ask our all star team to answer your questions. That's one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. Thank you for calling VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, asking you the question today, a rhetorical question, are you afraid of change? My guest, Kathy Lynn Honecker, the author of Voices of Change, two-minute inspirational stories on life's lessons learned, and a survivor of incredible change herself, as we've just been hearing, um, says that our uh, volatile emotions, our anger and frustration um, that seems to be increasing every day in America really relates to our resistance to change. So, Kathy, tell us about that. Yeah, I think a lot of it is, is really the rate of change in the United States. We have so much coming at us at one time, I think more than we ever have experienced before. Uh, and it's coming the velocity of change, um, whether it's health care, the financial market, unemployment, uh, and, and just technology, you know, bringing it all to, it, to us much faster, um, that um, it causes people to not only fear change, which is a normal human behavior, to fear anything that's different, we don't like change, but to sometimes resist it, because with change, we can embrace change or we can resist change, and human nature right up front is to resist uh, change is going to happen, and the faster we can move through the change, the much better off it is for us and everyone else involved. And that's the key, is learning how to do that. Yes. <laughs> Continue. 
So, and, and there are different ways. And I think one of the things that we have to be cognizant of is that I have something that I call a change continuum. And it's a scale of one to ten with uh, one being people that are very, very resistant to change naturally in their lives, any type of change, uh, versus, and, and you might visualize, you know, a person clutching a fence post and somebody's holding their feet trying to pull them from the fence post, but they are not budging, to the other extreme of a big cliff and someone that's ready to just jump over and, you know, not even sure where the, what, what's down there. They're not looking. They just trust that everything's going to be okay. And we all go through any type of change at a different pace on that scale of 1 to 10. And, and that's important to remember as we're dealing, you know, maybe we're a leader dealing with employees at our company uh, or we're dealing with family members and uh, uh, them going through change. You know, maybe one of our family members has been unemployed or they have an illness. There's, there's a change that's impacting the whole family. We all accept it differently and move through the change differently. Uh, the- yes, that's a good way of putting it. Um, you know, it, it is interesting that people are are what, what is that expression? The devil, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Absolutely, <laughs> it's um, you know even though people find themselves in very uncomfortable and certainly as a psychiatrist uh, in my clinical practice, I find that all the time that people are in a lot of pain in their in their situations, maybe in their marriage or um, in their job, you know, in all different kinds of situations, and they come and complain about it. And yet um, they are very resistant to um, make taking the steps to making those changes because even though this is painful or uncomfortable or, um, you know, it's, it's, they don't like it, um, it's at least it's familiar. They know what it is and what they don't like. Whereas jumping off to a new job or a, or a divorce or um, you know a new career or, or something, um, maybe in their mind people build that up to think that it, it, it's going to be worse somewhere else. Yeah, and it's the fear of the unknown of leaving the what is that you just described, which may be miserable. You know, maybe we're in a horrible marriage or or we have a job that we hate to get up every morning and go to, but it's the comfort of knowing exactly what is versus what will be, you know, with the big question mark out there, what could be. And it's, it's, it's getting people to take those small steps and move towards that, depending upon where they are on that change continuum. And, you know, different things that people can do that want to make a change. And there's lots of, all through my book, people give tips and lessons learned. So, um, but, you know, let's say someone decides they want to lose 15 pounds. Well, what would they do? Of course, they eat less, they exercise more, but they have to get motivated to do so, and they have to decide, you know, what am I going to eat? What exercise am I going to do? So it's taking the baby steps to get there. Uh, We can read books about change. We can attend workshops. Um, When we get up every morning, you know, we can uh, be plotting and planning what we're going to do daily to uh, help the change. And there are lots of things that we can do. Uh, Unemployment. Uh, One guy named John had been in the airline industry 25 years. And, I mean, talk about a change. He says they handed him his pink slip and uh, 
he was in shock for two months. He was paralyzed. He, he couldn't imagine not being in the airline industry. That had been his life. And more than anything, he missed the interaction with the people he came to realize. And so he was seeking people out. He was, you know, talking with people, trying to decide what to do. And he went back to something that he loved from when he was a seven-year-old boy, and that was magic. And he thought, what the heck am I going to do with magic? I know that's my passion. Um, He ended up going back into magic, researching, becoming a magician, and he's written over 60 books and is internationally known as one of the top magicians in the world and attends conferences all over Europe and all over the world working with other entertainers and talking about magic. Wow. You know, and those stories are just so fabulous because people, there's that, you know, it's it's like a little bird in a nest. Um, the bird looks down and is afraid to try his wings, you know, afraid he's going to fall. But then, but then he manages to spread his wings and and um, find something new. I mean, it's so wonderful to hear stories of people thinking that that something is the worst thing that happened to them and then they are able to go back to a dream that they had given up earlier in their life and and of course find this is their passion and you know they're so happy to finally be doing what it was that they wanted to do all along yeah out of something bad comes something wonderful (laughs) that they had never imagined could happen yeah and would not have done it had they not had that change happen they and he didn't choose to have it happen it's a change that happened to him right Uh, but out of it he sure made something wonderful happen in his life yes it was magical (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't resist um well you know but let's take the step then from what we're just talking about to how you see i mean so are you okay so what you're saying is that this resistance and this fear about change um is really at the root of what gets expressed as anger and frustration absolutely it it comes out because people are not comfortable um, the healthcare changes. You know, people are scared. They're afraid of losing valuable benefits. They, it's the fear of the unknown. I mean, how many people have actually read what the new health care benefits are going <laughs> to be? Not congressman, unfortunately. <laughs> we probably shouldn't uh, go down this road because I am very much opposed to the Obamacare. Um, yeah. And... But but I understand what you're saying, and yes, there is some validity to that. Of course, you know, that does bring up the issue, though, that sometimes when people are scared of change or angry about change, there, there is some validity to it. Absolutely. <laughs> but, Absolutely. But, um, but yes, I agree with the, the idea in general that, that um, you know, it's the same way as when people are hurt, they don't want to tell other people um, let's say the person who has hurt them in particular, that they are hurt, they're more comfortable getting angry and saying that they're angry. It's sort of a similar phenomenon that um, when people are afraid of change, rather than acknowledge that because that makes you look weak and vulnerable, they get angry and frustrated. 
that's a perfect example. You could think of uh, a couple that's dating or a man and wife, and uh, just in what you described, you know, maybe she does something to hurt his feelings. He's not there going to open the conversation and say anything, but maybe he just cuts himself off and doesn't communicate and goes into another room and is pouting, as she would describe it. So a, a perfect uh, uh, example. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, of course, of course, it's really rather complex because sometimes, I mean, you know, there are some things that, um, I mean, that, what you were saying at the beginning about the velocity of change and the fact that, that we're given our news these days in sound bites, which of course makes it a lot harder for people to understand what's really going on, whether it's about health care or the, the economy. I mean, you know, you listen to the same radio station and in one day you have different so-called experts saying that the housing market is going up, it's going down, the, the stock market is going up, it's going down. I mean, you know, nobody seems to know really what is going on and why, and, and that adds to all the confusion and frustration and fear. And, and we're seeing that. I'm sitting here, you know, on the Gulf Coast right now with the oil spill. Yes. And, and people are very frustrated. They're angry. They're hurt. They're going yes. through all of those same emotions right now over the oil spill. Yes. And it's... Not knowing, and and that no one really knows how to stop this thing. Absolutely, we should, we'll start with that when we come back. Um, my guest is Kathy Lynn Honaker. She's the author of Voices of Change: Two Minute Inspirational Stories on Life's Lessons Learned. And we have no end to the changes that we can talk about. But right now, we need to make a change into a break. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about Are You Afraid of Change? With my guest, Kathy Lynn Honecker. She's the author of Voices of Change, two-minute inspirational stories on life's lessons learned. And before the break, we were starting to talk about the oil spill and all the unwanted change um, that is coming from this natural disaster. So tell us about what's, what the mood is like in New Orleans. Well, in New Orleans, we're, we're far enough away right now that it hasn't impacted New Orleans, of course, at all. And, uh, but further down, a couple hours south, right on the Gulf Coast, um, people haven't been able to fish. You know, there are people that earn their daily living that way. So these families are impacted. They haven't been able to do anything now for two or three weeks. So, uh, there's no income coming in. So that's, that's a huge one. Uh, the seafood industry, uh, is at a standstill. Uh, a lot of the seafood is still okay, but you have certain areas where, you know, they're not allowed to fish right now just out of a, a being precautionary. Uh, people are angry that, that this happened. People are scared of what it could do to the, our whole way of life along the Gulf Coast because it's not only Louisiana, it's Mississippi, it's Florida, it could impact Alabama. You know, everyone in this Gulf Coast area could be impacted. And it, it's very scary right now. And, of course, the, you know, the, the idea that, um, or the controversy, you know, people, we don't know what BP is going to be willing to pay for. Yes, that's that's um, been a big discussion. Is is what they will be held accountable for, and what actually happened? You know, the investigation has been going on. Were corners cut? Uh, did they take shortcuts? Did they not follow the guidelines that they should have followed? And and what caused this explosion to begin with? And this terrible, terrible um, environmental tragedy. And, you know, talk about uncertainty. I mean, it was not very comforting to hear. I mean, it was a good thing that they did, but on the other hand, it was not very comforting to hear that BP put out a call worldwide for anybody to come up with suggestions that would help to stop uh, the oil spill. I mean, you kind of assume that when they put these um, rigs in to begin with, that they had people on their own staff who would be able to handle it if such a tragedy happened. That's right. I think everyone thought that there was a game plan in place, but this has clearly shown us that uh, there is no game plan. 
Right. Or that the game plans they had did not work. So uh, there's been just wonderful people coming in and offering expertise. And uh, I- I'm sure it's going to be solved and uh, within the next couple of weeks. Um, but it can't be solved quickly enough. Um, you know, during the break, uh, I was asking Kathy Lynn about whether there were uh, people in her uh, area uh, in New Orleans. We had just been talking about the ghost tour before. And New Orleans is a rather spiritual place, using that term very loosely. Um, yes, including all kinds of spirits. Um, and so I was asking about whether people were talking about, you know, how Katrina um, hit this area and now the oil spill hit this area and whether there's a belief that, um, you know, that there is the universe is angry at that area. I mean, there's the philosophy of Gaia, where um, <laughs> which I once talked about on Larry King. <laughs> and some woman, this was after the earthquake in California, and some woman called in and said, did I just hear that psychiatrist say that the reason why there was an earthquake in California is because the earth was angry at people in California for, <laughs> for not respecting the earth and, you know, doing all kinds of uh, uh, bad things. I mean, when, you know, when she put it that way, it sounded ridiculous. <laughs> but, but there is this philosophy of Gaia, which I think, um, you know, which is an ancient philosophy, an Indian, American Indian or, you know, general Indian philosophy, not the country India, um, that the earth, Mother Earth, does react when people hurt it, when people are doing things to it um, that um, that damage its resources and you know damage it in general, are not respectful of Mother Earth um, and and our natural resources. And so I w- I'm wondering, I was wondering, I am wondering what you have heard in that regard. You said that when Katrina happened, that people were talking about this. Yes, a lot of people uh, had some, I think, rather outlandish things to say about why it happened to New Orleans to clean up our craziness down here and things like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, the, uh, but I haven't heard anything relating back the oil spill and Katrina about the area. I'm sure it, it does sound like a, somebody could write a good book on that, though, or a, a short film. Uh, but it's I think all that you... fun you people have at Mardi Gras <laughs> <laughs> that gets you. <laughs> or now think, people um, would say, I guess you know all the, um, uh, the the scary things, the dangerous things that went on after Hurricane Katrina. You know. Yes, and I think in any part of the country we have our challenges. Like you said, California, there's fires, there's earthquakes. The Midwest has their tornadoes, and and heaven help them just recently, all the flooding. It was so horrible. And uh, wherever we live, I think there are challenges. But I I do very much believe um, the philosophy, the American Indian philosophy, I think it's a good one to live by about Mother Earth Mm -hmm. and uh, making sure we do take care of our environment. And this oil spill you know, being a man-made disaster. Katrina was a man-made disaster, too, as far as what happened with uh, after Katrina with our levees. You know, it was not a natural disaster. People forget that. And so both of them being man-made disasters, you know, happening to the environment, um, that, that we have to be careful with things like that, and we, we should have a plan in place. And it, it's very sad when things like this happen. Yes. Let me talk a little bit, let me just interject, um, apropos of nothing except that change in general. Um, 
Uh, something that, that bothered me uh, with the Miss USA pageant and change, um, you know, one change that they made this year, and certainly <laughs> I am not a prude, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it seems rather hypocritical to me that um, whereas the Miss USA pageant and similar pageants uh, make a big deal when they're when their contestants are found, which always seems to happen, especially the winners, um, to have these nude photos or risque photos that appear at some point in the contest, you know, as have just happened with the current winner, Miss Michigan, um, you know, apparently uh, strip, stripping. She was involved in a contest for a radio station uh, having to do with a stripping, strip pole, Stripping in a pole. And, um, but, you know, the, the hypocritical part is that this year, the photos that the Miss USA pageant had of its contestants were certainly no um, less risque than, um, than the poles and the stripping incident that Miss Michigan was involved with. Um, and, you know, they try to hold themselves out as being such wholesome pageants, and yet at the same time, they want the viewership was going down, and so they want to increase the viewership, and they apparently um, thought that that would happen by showing these risque photos ahead of time of, of these contestants, and I'm sure it probably worked. Um, that's one aspect. But the other thing that bothers me is that uh, Miss USA is becoming... Uh, too politically correct. We saw last year what happened with Carrie Prejohn, who lost uh, clearly because she refused to encourage gay marriage. Her answer to the question, she was the Miss California, and she was doing really well in the pageant until she answered a question in a way that seemed politically incorrect about gay marriage. Well, this year, we have the same problem um, where Miss Oklahoma was asked about, uh, and these questions, you know, they used to be about, I don't know, very innocuous kinds of things, um, and now they've become more and more politically tinged in terms of, you know, you know what the politically correct answer is that they want, and the question is whether the candidates, whether the um, women vying for this are going to say the parrot, the politically correct answer, or say what they feel in their hearts and their minds, as Carrie Prejean did and as Miss Oklahoma this year did. Um, she said that she supported the Arizona immigration law, and of course that was the politically incorrect answer, even though most of the country uh, agrees with that law. Absolutely. And, um, what did you say? I said absolutely, most yes. of the country. <laughs> and and um, which I agree with as well, I must say. It almost seems to me to be bizarre that they had to enact um, an additional law when, in fact, illegal immigrants are illegal to begin with. But in any case, so she gave the answer that was not the politically correct answer, and lo and behold, she lost to Miss Michigan. And Miss Michigan, um, although, of course, they were both beautiful women, you know, you could say equally beautiful, um, but Miss Michigan gave a ridiculous answer that was totally wrong. She was asked about um, medical insurance and what it should cover, and her answer said, um, I believe that birth control, the question was whether she thought birth control should be paid for by health insurance, and she said that it should, 
because it's costly. She said, I believe that birth control is just like every other medication, even though it's a controlled substance. Well, hello, birth control <laughs> is not a controlled substance. So she may be pretty, but I, we're kind of lacking in the brains department here. And, you know, I guess we shouldn't put her down for that, considering that the judges didn't seem to pick up on it or didn't seem to care. And was that because um, she was the first Arab-American uh, Miss USA? Was it more important to have an Arab-American win uh, under these, you know, tense times um, of uh, since 9/11, that was that more important than uh, than the contestant giving a correct answer? Correct, I mean, you know, factually correct uh, to the question. It just boggles my mind. My mind gets boggled a lot. It boggles my mind that that the um, judges or no one seemed to pick up on how birth control is not a controlled substance and just. glanced over that to give her the title um, instead of Miss Oklahoma or the other other contestants. Well, that's my pet peeve for the day. We will come back and talk more about change. And these are some changes that are not good in the Miss USA pageant uh, that I wanted to bring to your attention. My guest today is Kathy Lynn Honecker. She's the author of Voices of Change, two-minute inspirational stories on life's lessons learned. And we will come back with that and give you some tips for what you can do to deal with change in your life, the change that that keeps coming at us, whether we want it to or not. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you a wow, a wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the Wow Zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. 
In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest, Kathy Lynn Honaker, the author of Voices of Change. Um, and we are talking about all kinds of changes, good ones and bad ones. You know, sometimes, of course, it's... Uh, it's wonderful to embrace change. Um, I I wear lots of different hats. Um, sometimes it does get very stressful, but I would die of boredom if I didn't wear all these hats and have all these, um, you know, potential changes going on every day. Every day is different. Um, let's talk about one of the stories in your book or, or one of the interviews that you did of a man who was both... Uh, a survivor of 9-11 and of Katrina. He had to deal with incredible change. Tell us about him. Yes, Leo, a wonderful gentleman, and uh, my goodness, did he go through a lot. He was, um, for 9-11, the uh, day before he changed shifts with someone. He should have been there that morning, and he was going to work the afternoon shift. He worked in a big firm there, and he would have been on one of the top floors. Was it his idea to change, or did the other person ask him to change? Actually, he there was something that he needed to take care of personally, and he decided that was the day to do it. And so wow. he asked someone to change with him, and it worked out for them. So it was just one of those things. He, he felt so guilty about that. Yeah. And uh but he would have been there and um of course he survived. He saw it all on television. Uh he could not believe it because all these people he worked with were trapped. He got his he left his building, got as close as he could and he ended up he and two other friends uh helping the people running through the streets by getting them water, you know, towels, anything they could do to help out that day. So he experienced everything from, you know, losing his job to deciding, you know, he had to leave New York. And where does he come but back home to Louisiana, (laughs) and he decides to live in New Orleans. He's actually from the Baton Rouge area. Uh, So he starts a great career here in real estate. Everything's going wonderful. Uh, Three years later, Katrina. And he goes through all of these emotions and changes again of uh, the job loss, you know, the job change, because, of course, the real estate market is crazy for a while. And um, he, he made the decision to actually go back to New York. He stayed around one year after Katrina just to kind of get himself through it and um, to be there for family and friends. But uh, he now lives in New York. He's doing great. Uh, but he went through some of the same things, and some of his learnings were um, as much as he could do to help other people. It made him feel better about what he had been through personally by by helping others. And uh, one of the things I said earlier, seeking people out to talk with, even if you need to talk with someone professionally. 
And it's important to share with people that have gone through the same thing, just as he did at 9-11 with his friends and, and some of the fellow employees who survived, uh, sharing their stories. Uh, the same thing happened with Katrina. The people who went through Katrina share a bond that no one else can understand. And I remember I was gone for six weeks, and when I came back, the first thing I decided to do was throw a party for my neighborhood, and people came, and it was so wonderful. Oh, what a great idea. Everyone was able to talk, and that's the first thing you said. Where did you go? What happened? Tell me your story. Because here we were, people yes. that are used to being in one place, and you were displaced for six weeks, you know, and people went from Alaska to Florida to California to Montana and had all these wonderful stories of how people embraced them and helped them get through the changes, and it it just helped to be able to talk to other people that had survived and gone through this same change, and everybody loved hearing the stories. Yes, absolutely. And it helped us all heal. Yes. Hmm. And uh, and when you were at the beginning, you were talking about um, not only talking about it with people who went through it, but also seeking professional help. Absolutely. And 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 we needed that. A lot of people needed that, and and it's so helpful just to be able to that you know the more we can get it out, the more we can um, learn from from a professional such as yourself on how to deal with it, the emotions that are going on, and everyone experienced it differently. Some people were able to embrace all the changes that, you know, they lost everything, but they had their family, um, they had their friends, they were able to come back and start all over. For others, it wasn't as easy, and uh, some people decided to just leave you know, totally leave and start over again somewhere else. So, well, well, let's talk about where people can get your book. Okay, kathylynn.net, K-A-T-H-Y-L-Y-N-N.net. And also, of course, I presume on Amazon and... Yes, it should. It's it's supposed to be out worldwide within two weeks. It was just ah, we're, we're getting in. I, I, yes, I... I realize that we're getting it we're getting a jump on this okay (laughs) but people can get it now if they go to your website absolutely and again let me spell that out for people it's kathylynn.net kathy with a k K k-a-t-h-y-l-y-n-n kathylynn.net and you said a portion you off the air you were telling me a portion of the proceeds goes to the louisiana spca and why did you decide to how did you pick that charity Uh, I mentioned earlier that one of the most tragic things that happened to me, I'd never had children, so I had an 18-year-old Yorkshire Terrier, and he was like my soulmate. And when he passed away, I had my first depression I'd ever experienced in my life and trouble dealing with it. And through seeking out friends and family and them realizing what I was going through, and I didn't even realize I was in depression, we decided to do a New Orleans thing, as you mentioned earlier, those parades we have. And we held the first second-line parade for a dog. And wow. about 80 people showed up and uh, 60 dogs, wow. and we had a full second-line parade. The SPCA heard about it and decided to adopt it as an annual event, and now we use it to raise money for all the homeless pets that are uh, at the SPCA for adoption. Oh, that's fabulous. So people bring their own pets, and, the, and, and does the SPCA also uh, trot, 
trot out. <laughs> uh, they lead the way. We always have three to five adoptables that lead the parade, so uh-huh. it makes it really special. Oh, that sounds fabulous. And when is that? We have it in, uh, this year it'll be October the 10th, so 10-10-10, October the 10th in New Orleans. Oh, that sounds great. And and people can go to your website and find out more information or contact you if they want to know more about that. Absolutely, and the Louisiana SPCA's website will also have information. Uh-huh. But the easiest thing is go to my website, send us an email, we'll give you all the details. Well, that sounds great. Well, again, the book is called Voices of Change, Two-Minute Inspirational Stories on Life's Lessons Learned. And certainly, uh, you're a great um, mascot for, <laughs> for survival of change. So thank you very much, Kathy Lynn, for joining us today. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I hope we've made a change in your life today that will uh, serve you for looking at future changes, the ones that you want to embrace and ones that we are getting thrust upon us. And, of course, one of the good ways to deal with change is to uh, start working towards fixing the things that you don't like. Doing that action um, really makes you feel more in control. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.